In this episode of Pastor Brad Rocks, there's a really famous quote. Thousands of people have used it. It goes like this. The greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. <laughs> Friends, you and me know different. We know there's an enemy. The Bible is filled with teaching about this. Our experience tells us this over and over again every day. Just a quick look around at the world condition tells us this. We are in a battle with the forces of evil. Well, the Bible tells us how to win, how to win over these uh, forces of evil, how to win these battles. I'm glad you're here. We're going to talk about that today. You're going to be rocked up. You're going to be blessed. You're going to be encouraged. I get to share my song with you called Battle song which is all about this battle and how we went over it that's from my 2003 release rock you up all right man strap in here we go let's do it Pastor Brad here, your 80s heavy metal head banging, Jesus loving online pastor. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Pastor Brad Rocks podcast. Hey, wherever you happen to be listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. If you're enjoying these podcasts, whatever platform you happen to be on, if you can leave a thumbs up or a comment or share this episode with a friend, that would be awesome to help the audience grow. God bless you, man. Thank you in advance so much for that. And now, Let's move on to the point of today's podcast. In the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus himself taught us to pray, there's a line that says, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And a lot of the early manuscripts have it this way, uh, deliver us from the evil one. There's no doubt about it, friends. There's an enemy, man, and he is coming after us. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Here's what the Bible says. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, dude, we don't have time in this brief podcast to do a complete study of the origins of the devil. But here's a quick summary, okay? And if you have a little time, you can confirm all of this. Just do a little research on, on Google. Ask the question, hey man, the origins of Satan. What does the Bible say about Satan? You'll find all these these passages. Satan was an angel. He was created by God. That's important to understand, okay? So if you ever have any question about who's more powerful, it's like God made him. God can snuff him out in an instant. Okay, it's, it's no problem. But, but he was an angel. His name was Lucifer. He was a powerful angel. He was a beautiful angel. Uh, he had a very prominent place. Uh, he, he rebelled, though. He got the big head. He wanted to be like God. Uh, so he, he, he asserted himself. And, of course, he lost. <laughs> and uh, the, the Revelation talks about the battle in heaven that, that happened. And the dragon was cast down from heaven along with the third of the angels that's the origin of demons character wise he's a liar he's the father of lies he's cunning he's he's a schemer he's deceitful he's the tempter he's the accuser of the brethren all of these titles are given him throughout scripture we first see him in genesis chapter 3 with adam and eve right after god said effectively we've talked about this in past episodes god's one command was trust me it came in, in this form. He said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for on that on the day that you eat it, you will die. Meaning, spiritually, you will die instantly. 
you will be separated from me. But of course, the cunning, scheming tempter comes in the form of the snake and he says, oh man, you won't die. And see, every good lie has a half truth because Satan is, is totally appealing to the flesh. God's command was sp spoken to the spirit. Your spirit will die. You will be cut off from the one who is the source of life. The devil says, oh dude, your heart will keep beating. You'll still be alive. That's what he speaks to, the flesh, every time. And then he, he effectively says, God's holding out on you, man. He knows that when you eat that fruit, you will be like him. And you see, that's exactly, that is the devil's MO. That has always been his MO. That, that is what his rebellion was about. I want to be like God. I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. I'm going to be independent, man. I'm going to do my own thing. And, uh, and that was the source of the first temptation. He always appeals to the flesh and to this idea that we can do what we want and that when we do that, we'll be free. When in reality, anytime we give into the flesh, we just become a slave to it. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse three, Paul says, but I am afraid. Now he's writing to these Christians. He's expressing his concern for them, right? He says, I'm afraid, I'm concerned that just as Eve, so we're going back to Genesis three, just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning. That word cunning means he's calculated. He didn't just, he's not just throwing jello up against the wall and seeing what sticks. I mean, this guy is calculating. He is cunning. He says, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning of the serpent, your minds it's in our mind where 90% of this battle takes place, okay? Your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Listen, the devil isn't going to come to you in the morning and say, hey man, I got this great plan to ruin your life, okay? Let's go trash it this afternoon. No one would take that bait, okay? He, he's not really even interested in, in trashing your life in you know like a one hour period. He just wants to lure you away from a pure devotion to Christ. Pure means unmixed. If you have pure gold, that means it doesn't have any other alloy in it. It is just gold. If you have a pure devotion to Christ, it means your heart is 100% His. You, you, none of your heart belongs to the world or the, the things of this world or your flesh or any of that. Jesus is squarely on the throne. All the devil wants to do is just nudge you over a little bit and just get a little piece of the world on the throne of your heart. Because if he can do that, he can derail you. Okay, if you ever have two lines that are parallel, they run right beside each other forever. But if you deviate one of those lines just a millionth of one degree to the right or left, it doesn't even seem like anything happened right at, right at first. But man, down the line, the further and further and further that line gets away from the other one. And that's all the devil wants to do. He just wants to knock us off center. He just wants to move us away from a pure devotion to Christ. Because he knows, and you know, right, that one little step in the wrong direction starts a journey of destruction, man. I'll just look a little bit at this. I'll just, I'll just give it, i just really, I, one little bit ain't gonna hurt anything. Come on, you know? You know how this works, dude? I mean, I, it almost sounds cheesy, and it, and it would be if it weren't so true, that we just open ourselves up a little bit to this or that, and then all of a sudden we look back after a year or a decade and we go, how did I get here? Dude, how did I get so messed up? Um, the devil knows it just takes one little step in the wrong direction to start to move us in that direction. Now, the, the cool thing, the really encouraging thing, I have to drop this in here. This is the awesome power of grace. You can take 16 million steps in the wrong direction and you're always just one step of repentance away from turning back to Christ. Okay? 
if, you, if today you've taken a bazillion steps in the wrong direction and you just realize, oh my goodness, I have made a mess of things. Today, stop. Turn back to him. Say, Lord Jesus, I am sorry. I surrender afresh to you. And, and, and the Bible says that where sin abounds, grace abounds more. God, there, there's nothing he can't forgive, man. The Bible says a lot about how we can win over our enemy, how we can win these battles. But I don't think there's really a better passage to look at than Ephesians chapter 6. Okay. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Okay. That's what we're going to look at here. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. So Paul says to us, the Apostle Paul, finally, be strong. Okay, but he's not just saying get up and and say, all right, I'm going to be strong, all right? No, no, no. Keep reading, right? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We don't win this battle on our own steam. It's, It's all about submitting to God, trusting in him, staying on our knees, staying humble and submitted to him. Then he says, Put on the full armor of God. This is an analogy, obviously, right? So he's, he's, he's using this, this, this imagery of a soldier putting on armor who's preparing to go into battle. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Another important word, schemes. He, he's calculated, man, our enemy. He is, he's got a battle plan. He's studying Um, humanity. He knows you. He knows your weaknesses, man. He's calculating. He's coming after you, right? So you need to put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against these schemes of the devil. Verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. That is so, man. Dude, this thing is so loaded with such good truth. Um, we, We think it's that person at work that's a jerk. Or being a jerk, I should say. Uh, we think it's that person or, or the world or the system or all that. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against, now listen to this, it's against the rulers and, and it's against the authorities and it's against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So Paul lays out this big sweeping description. There's evil in the world. There are forces in this world that are against God and against us. And that's who our battle's against. Therefore, verse 13, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when the day of temptation comes, when you have that moment of weakness, when that the, the, the cunningness of the devil tries to lure you away from a pure devotion of Christ or to Christ, you may stand. Okay, with this armor on, and that time comes, you can stand firm. Now he starts to describe this armor. Listen to this. This is awesome. Every single piece is so helpful. You can stand with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. What's the truth? It's the word of God. Friends, you need to fill your heart. You need to fill your mind with the word of truth. Just just get on Google and look up a simple Bible reading plan if you don't already have one. Uh, if you have a smartphone, download the Version Bible app. There are tons of Bible reading plans there and versions and, and great helps. It's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N uh, version, Version. It's free. You got to get it. Okay, but get in the word of God every day. And, and buckle that belt of truth around. It'll it'll hold you all together. That's what the belt did, okay? It holds all the rest of the armor together. All right, next. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. 
Righteousness is rightness, right living, walking with God. God is righteous. So say, I'm hungering and I'm thirsting for righteousness. I want to pursue a right life. I want to be your hands and feet. Uh, May the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you, God. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me in a righteous life. Not in a religious, haughty life. Look at me. Look what all I've done. No, 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 no. Just, Lord, I want to please you. That's a pursuit of righteousness, right? And the way I treat people, the way I live, all of it. Put that breastplate of righteousness in place. Fit your feet with the readiness that comes from the gospel. It's readiness that is the key there, right? To to say, Lord, I'm eager. I am ready. I want to shine for you. I want to be a witness for you. If I have an opportunity to proclaim the gospel, I want to proclaim it. I want to be on offense, not defense, right? Sometimes the best defense is a good offense. I don't just want to try to avoid bad things all day long. I want to be an agent of good. I want people to see Jesus in me wherever I go. I want to have a readiness to serve you. Then he says, take up the shield of faith. Faith is your belief in God set in action. And so as you're walking with God each day and those temptations come, uh, well, listen to this, listen to what he says. Put this, take this shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. So the devil's firing these these uh, arrows of temptation and, and uh, cunningness and he's trying to trip you up. And every time you take up the shield of faith and say, nope, I'm trusting God here. I'm Nope, I'm turning to Christ here. Nope, I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to trust in the Lord with with all of my heart. I'm going to lean not on my own understanding. Here I go quoting scripture, right? See how important that is to have in your mind? I'm going to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. All of this is faith in action. And then he says, then he says, and I love this one, man. He says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So he comes back to the word of God. But I want to go back to that helmet of salvation. Friends, One of the things that I have noticed that the devil loves to do is just to try to undermine our confidence in God, to try to trip us up and make us feel like we're not really saved, we're not really worthy, we don't deserve it, which we don't, friends. That's not even what it's about. I can help you with that, okay? You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. We never will. That's why it's called grace. That's why it's called salvation, okay? It's not the the three steps to so, so that you can get you know, so that you can become good enough to deserve heaven. No, it's it's called salvation. I mean, God's salvaging you, right? But he's, He loves you so much. It's 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 not about us trying to earn it. Okay. So anyway, anyway, so we put on the helmet of salvation, knowing that you know that you know that you're saved, that you're a child of God, that you're forgiven, that you're redeemed, that you're blessed, that God is with you, that that He that you can do all things through Christ because He His grace is greater than all your sin at all times. All right. That is so huge. Now, I want to help you with something that, 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 or maybe, I mean, hey, if you already know this, then praise God, but maybe this will be a real help to somebody out there. There are five words that the Bible uses to kind of describe how we step into salvation, how we step into a relationship with God. Ultimately, before I walk through those five words, ultimately, it all comes down to a heart that is surrendered to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, okay? But here's what the Bible says about kind of how we do that. The first word is believe. Have you believed in Jesus? Remember John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him. Now, now that word is pistuo, the Greek word, and it means to put your trust in him, 
to rely on him, to put your full weight on him, okay? If you believe that a chair will hold you, you put your full weight on it. You can even lift your feet off the ground because you believe in that chair, all right? That's what we're doing with Jesus. We're putting our full weight of trust in him. The next word that the Bible uses is faith, which is a cousin to belief, really. And it really, faith is, is, is the part of belief that, that it accentuates action. It's taking what we believe and stepping into it, acting it out, living it out. Hey, I, I believe that God wants me to be a servant or have a servant's heart. So, so okay, there's my belief. Faith actually makes the decision or makes a plan to be a servant. I'm going to find a place to serve, right? Faith or belief says, hey, God wants me to be pure. Faith actually takes the, the next step and makes a commitment to be pure sexually or pure in mind or to stay away from things that would cloud my mind uh, and fill my head with bad images, right? Faith is belief in action. So have you taken the step to turn to Christ, to to to, to acknowledge that you need him, which is what the next couple of words are about. Okay, the third word is repentance, which means to do a 180, to you know, to do a U-turn, literally. There used to be t-shirts that said, hey man, God allows U-turns, which is awesome. That means repentance. Okay, so you're walking down the path of life and, and you realize, oh my goodness, I'm living for myself, man. I'm living for the world. That's just, that's just what I'm doing. I'm not living for Jesus. So repentance says, wait a minute, I believe in him. I'm, I'm gonna exercise my faith in him and I'm actually going to make a decision to change the direction of my life. I'm going to quit living for the world. I'm going to quit living for myself. I'm going to take myself off the throne of my heart and I'm going to put Jesus there. That's repentance. Okay. And listen, we, we, we do that once to step into this relationship and then we live with an attitude of that. Anytime we need to revisit that, we just say, Lord, again, I refresh my repentance. I refresh my attitude of being turned to you and submitted to you, okay? So we have belief, we have faith, we have repentance. The next word is confession. To confess means to agree with God, okay? So in general, the Bible says some things about us. We're loved by God, but we're sinners, and we've fallen short, and our sin separates us from God, and we're dead in our sin, and we need a Savior. So when we confess our brokenness and our sin, we're agreeing with what God says about that. That's awesome. The Bible also says some things about Jesus. It says he's God's son. He came in the flesh. He shed his blood on the, on the cross for our sin, and he atoned. That means he paid the price to redeem us. He bought us out of that slavery that we were in to death because of sin, and that when we put our faith in him, we're made new. So we agree with God. Yes, I agree. Jesus is the Christ. He's my Savior. So when we confess him like that, there's power in that. That brings us into relationship with him. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. But if you deny me, I will deny you. That's powerful, all right? So we have belief, we have faith, we have repentance, we have confession, and the last word is baptism, okay? I don't know exactly why Jesus calls us to be dunked in water. I mean, there's lots of, of roots to, to, spirit, or to uh, purification rituals in the Old Testament and all that. All I know, all I know is that Jesus, at the end of his ministry, when he's commissioning his disciples to go into the world and share the good news about him with the world, here's what he said. He said, go into the world and make disciples. Notice he doesn't say, go into the world and get everybody to you know, pray a sinner's prayer and say they're saved. It's not about just saying I'm, I'm saved, it's about acknowledging him as Lord. So he said, go make disciples. Go teach people to live a life of submission to me, following me as a learner and as a follower, right? So, so go into the world and make disciples. And then he said, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? This is a demarcation. This is something Christ calls us to do at the beginning. It's a public acknowledgement. It's so many awesome things. It's a, it's a beautiful picture of our death, our burial, and our resurrection. There has to be a death to step into a relationship with Jesus as a disciple. We have to die to our old life. Romans chapter 6, uh, you can check it out, the first couple verses in that chapter. Paul says that when we were baptized, we were united with Christ in his death, and we were buried. So we're put under this water. The word baptized means baptizo. It means to, to dunk or to dip. If there had been a donut shop in the first century in, in, in Palestine or Israel, it would have been called baptizo donuts instead of Dunkin' Donuts, right? Because it means to dunk. So so we're, we're put under the water, we're buried, and then we're raised up, Paul says, to a new life, and we follow him. So listen, listen. The reason I, I go through all of that is to say this. This is the helmet of salvation. You wake up and you say, Lord, I believe in you, man. I have placed my faith in you, and I'm going to walk and live by faith today. I have, I have turned away from this world and turned to you. I confess you, and I will continue to confess you with my actions and my life every day. I know I can remember that moment that I went under the waters of baptism and professed you to the whole world that I'm a follower of Jesus, man. Anytime the enemy comes against me, I can say, look, I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm broken. That's why I need a savior, but I know that I am saved. I am salvaged. I'm redeemed. I am, I've been purchased with the blood of Christ and there's nothing you can do, enemy or devil, to take that away because I'm in the Lord's hands, man, and it's secure. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's the value of knowing those those teachings from Scripture. And that's why he says, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Again, he emphasizes having your heart filled with God's truth. And then the last thing that Paul talks about here in verse 18, and actually the verses following, he just, he just accentuates and, and adds to this. But he says, and pray in the Spirit. So, so, so with a heart surrendered to God, sensitive to his presence, Pray on all occasions, whatever, the good, the bad, the hard, the beautiful, the, the, the tragic, on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers, pray to God, lift it up to him, man, lift it up to him. So, so it all comes down to this, man. We wake up every day and we say, Lord, I'm going to pursue your truth, man. I'm going to pursue your truth. I'm going to pursue a righteous life. I'm going to have a ready life to follow you. I'm going to live by faith, my belief put to action. I'm going to, I'm going to remind myself every day I am saved. I am in Christ. I, I believe. I have I placed my faith in him. I've repented. I, I, have, uh, I confess him with every action and word of my life. And I know the days that I was, that I remember the day that I was, I was buried with Christ in baptism. Thank you for your word, man. I'm telling you. You live a life where you're aware of those things regularly, living with that mindset. You're going to be a strong force for Jesus. And then finally, I just I just had to end with this because this is good news, man. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. We already know how it ends. We already know who wins. If you go check out that verse, Revelation 20, actually there's all those opening verses, it's just powerful. Death and the devil and all of his angels are cast into the lake of fire. They're gone forever. And this is when God is going to usher in a new age, man, and it's all going to be awesome and death and brokenness and sin is going to be gone and we're going to have glorified bodies and we're going to rule and reign with him forever. We already know who wins, man. It's awesome. So just keep your eyes on Jesus, brother or sister. It's awesome, man. We have such a great Savior. All right, listen. Now, now I get to tell you a little bit about my song, Battle Song. 
Love this song. Uh, this was kind of inspired by uh, For Whom the Bell Tolls. Remember that song by Metallica? Um, the, the I don't know. It doesn't sound anything like it, but just this idea of a riff at the beginning. This You'll hear it. It's just, it's just the idea of a lead guitar playing some a repetitive lick, and then these chords coming in over it. Um, um, I, I love this song. Uh, and it talks about this battle that we're in and about the lie that the devil's told that he wants us to think he doesn't exist exist, but that as we keep our eyes on Jesus, man, and practice some of these things we talked about, man, we can be strong in him and be victorious. Okay. I hope it blesses you. I hope it rocks you up. Thanks for spending some time with me, man. Here it is. Battle song.
All right. Hey, man, thanks so much for hanging out with me on this podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it, and I hope it totally rocked you up for Jesus. As we wrap things up here, let me quickly say, if you dig what I'm doing, man, and you're blessed by the music, the podcast, the teaching videos, etc., and you want to support this ministry, this mission to reach classic metalheads for Jesus, I want to invite you to head over to my Patreon page and learn how you're just couple dollars a month will make a huge difference in this ministry and also about some amazing exclusive benefits that you'll receive in exchange for your support the link to my patreon page will be at the very top of the show notes so head over there check it out learn about it pray about it and whatever you decide man god bless you and thanks for being part of the pastor brad rocks family man remember to like share subscribe leave comments all those things that helps the show to grow really appreciate it stop by pastorbradrocks.net sometime over there you can learn all about the ministry the music gets some free uh, music downloads, all kind of cool stuff. Also, if you're interested in following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, best decision you'll ever, ever, ever make, promise bar none. You can learn about that over at pastorbradrocks.net as well, or leave a comment here. I'll get back with you. Shoot me an email at pastorbrad at AOL.com. Yes, I still use AOL. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with me, man. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you. Pastor Brad, out.